We're in our last Sunday of, of this uh, sermon series entitled Heart for the House. And God has been doing that for us. He, he's been giving us a heart for his house. He's been stirring some stuff up in, in many of us. And I told you last week, I grew up in church. And when I look back at all the, the lessons I learned, the hours that everyone else poured into me, my growth and development, I'm, I'm humbled, I'm amazed, and I feel incredibly blessed. And if you just go to church and leave every week, you're missing out. Nudge your neighbor and say, don't miss out. Don't miss out on the blessings of the house. Get involved. Don't miss out on connecting, on growing in your faith, on experiencing and sharing in community with some wonderful people. If you just go to church and you leave every week, you're missing out on pouring your life into someone else. Come on. You're missing out on, on growing your serving muscles. Taking what God has blessed you with and growing that to another level. Don't miss out on... on Pouring your life into someone else. A real man of God realizes his true calling in life is not to build kingdoms, but to train kings. Sometimes we get our, our eyesight off of what's really, really important. Don't just build a kingdom, train a king. So I ask you today, who are you pouring your life into? Who are you equipping to replace you? Who are you sharing your gifts with? You see, our ceiling is the next generation's floor. My ceiling is the next generation's floor. We're standing on someone else's floor today. We're standing on the sacrifices of many who have laid a foundation even before we ever showed up here. Come on now. And we're thankful for that. We're grateful. But we don't want to just stop there. We want to build a floor so the next generation can have something to stand on. Come on. Hallelujah. So where are you serving in the house? And who are you impacting with your gifts? You never know what kind of impact you can have on someone. Looking back, I'm, I'm sure my Sunday school teachers, my youth leaders, my choir director... My children's church leaders, I'm sure they didn't look at me and say, now there's a world changer. They saw me sometimes probably as a big brat. They never dreamed I'd amount to much. In fact, I've had people actually tell me that. I've gone back to my dad's church where I was raised, and I've had people come up to me, and, and after I preached and sang, they'd say, you know, we really never thought you'd amount to much. I'm like, thanks for the confidence, you know. But little by little, people caught a glimpse of what I could be and poured their life into me. And I'm grateful today for those who looked beyond the outer exterior of who I was. They looked beyond my mess and said, there's, there's more in there than that. Come on, some of us need to, in our own houses, look beyond the mess that we see and say, there's more in there than that. God has a calling on this child's life. God has a plan and a purpose for this child. And I will pour my life into him. I will pour my life into her. 
And I will watch what God can do as I water, fertilize, and prune. Come on. We need pruning sometimes. Our children need pruning sometimes. And that's what causes growth to happen. All right. You ready to go yet? Let's go. We need to realize what we're doing is work. Serving is work. But it's so worth it from eternity's vantage point. You may not see the outcome now. You may not see the, the blessing now. But it's worth it. Listen, you're not just changing a diaper in the nursery. Okay? You're taking care of a child of God. You're not just mopping the floor. You're not, you're not just stocking the bathroom. You're not just cleaning toilets. When you serve in the house of the Lord, you're, you're not just handing out donuts. Come on, somebody. You're, you're, you're creating an atmosphere for somebody to come to know Jesus. You're creating a, a space for people to, to have their walls broken down. You see, that's why we do what we do. This is why we do what we do, to open somebody's heart. We're doing our part to open someone's heart. Nudge your neighbor, tell them, do your part. Let's go. Do your part. That's why we sacrifice our time and our talents and our treasure so someone can know Jesus. It's work, but the payoff is huge. There's an article uh, from the Omaha Herald in 1877 that summed up the expectations of third-class stagecoach ticket holders in this quote. Never imagine for a moment you're going on a picnic. Expect annoyance, discomfort, and some hardships. Who wants to go third class? Come on. Everybody's signing up. I want in on that, right? Can you imagine if today's airlines would, would say third class tickets, this is what you got coming, so sign up. It's cheap, cheaper, but come on. Listen, you can get your third class tickets here. It's not going to be a walk in the park to serve. It's going to cost you something. But the payoff, the dividends are incredible because you don't just get a blessing here, you get a blessing there. And that's the blessing I want. Amen? Grind it out. Grow your serving muscles. Make an eternal impact. And we've said it before and I'll say it one more time. We don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. We want to help you grow. We want to help you win. We want you to live life to the fullest, just like Jesus said. I've come to give them life to the fullest extent possible. We want to help you make a difference with your life, with your gifts, with your abilities, with your money. We want, you know, realize giving and helping others stimulates our brain the same way food and sex does. It makes you feel good. Chemicals are released. When you give and you serve, not only do you feel good, but you win. You win by helping others, by giving. 
You fulfill your greatest need in life, and that is to make a difference. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, the scripture says, the wise man said this, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. It's in giving, not keeping, that leads to receiving. It's as you release things that you are able to receive more. Listen, don't shrivel up and lose everything. Atrophy happens when you don't use something. London got her cast off this week. She broke her arm. Where's London at? She's in class where she should be. <laughs> but she had this beautiful pink uh, cast on, and, and uh, she couldn't move her arm for several weeks. But now she got her arm out, but she can't totally open her arm because those muscles have atrophied because she hasn't used them. Use it or lose it. And then you got to work your way back in. It's like what happens with me playing the trumpet once a year. And I don't use it enough, so I start to lose my ability. Don't do that in life. Let God strengthen your serving muscles. Come on. I want to I want to invite Bill Grandizio to the to the platform this morning. Bill, where'd you sneak off to? You're you're hiding from me. Come on, man. Give it up for Bill Grandizio. Or as he calls himself Grandizio. He says that's the way to pronounce it. His wife calls him Grandizio. But he says it's Grandizio. After many, many years, you just, you know, after many years, you just know your wife's right and you go with what she says, right? Amen? You got it. You got it. I'm catching on, right? So, so Bill, uh, God has really given you a heart for the house. And I've noticed, well, first of all, is there something we need to know about you that we don't know? There's something you don't know about me that you don't need to know. <laughs> Whether I want to share that or not, that's another story. There's actually a few things that you don't know about me that you don't need to know. Okay. Right. Uh, but now that you ask, Greg, um, there's one thing I can share this morning. Many, many, many years ago when I was about 18, I was a boxer. I did amateur boxing. Do we have any boxers in the house today? Anybody box? Anybody ever step in the ring, step on that wonderful canvas? Here we go in the back. Paul. I knew there was one. So Paul can relate to, to my past. So, uh, and I'm sure as Paul would agree, um, there's many things that you learn when you're a, a boxer. You don't just step in the ring for the fight, okay? You, uh, you have to be prepared. All right, there's a, there's a high level of discipline that comes along with being a boxer, whether it's amateur or if you work your way up to a professional level. You have to be uh, in condition. You have to be in sh good shape. Um, 
every time in the gym, I would hit the ropes. I, I got very, very good at the ropes, and you have to, because it's timing. You have to be able to have your timing. You have to be sharp. So you're skipping rope. And let me tell you, for those that can't find a place to work out, just grab a rope and try skipping for 10 minutes. See how you feel after that. Uh, you hit the speed bags. You hit the body bag, okay? You have gear that goes along with boxing that you have to put on, uh, gear that you use to go on the offense and, and the gear that you have for the, be on the defense. And, um, and then probably the most important thing uh, as a boxer, that your, your greatest asset when you step into that ring, well, first, before that, uh, one of the things, the other thing is fear. You, you have to have no fear. You can't step in the ring. You cannot step into any fight and fear. You have to be fearless, okay? And then the most important asset that a boxer has when he steps into that ring is he has to have a good corner man. That corner man is the person who's going to help you, he's going to assist you. In between rounds, he's going to have that stool there for you. He's going to have that water there to refresh you. He's going to have that towel, and he's going to encourage you. He's going to help you. He's going to instruct you. He's going to speak into you so you can get back out there and fight. And then round after round after round, because there's one thing you don't want to see after you step into the ring on a fight, and that's the white towel. You don't want to see that towel go in, and that's, that's the attitude. That's, that's the goal, to go in there and win. Wonderful. So I, I noticed uh, we've got this sign-up table out here. I don't know if you saw a tent in the lobby. Anybody see a tent? You kind of had to walk around it to get in. But there are sign-up sheets out there that you can sign up. And uh, so I've noticed uh, your name is on every sheet. So... I'm asking the question, you know, and I haven't talked to you about this, but uh, it seems to me God has given you a heart for the house. What happened? Wh wh where did the shift come, and, and what's going on in your life right now? Well, first of all, I, I did skip one sheet, at least one. I didn't do nursery. I mean, I feel what we've, Debbie and I have put our time in. You know, we're grandparents now, so I, I, I think it's time to share that responsibility. But um, in all seriousness, over time, recent time, many, many weeks and months, um, the Lord's been working and speaking to me, and I've been praying and seeking and, and asking him for more. I, I've been on this search, on this quest, that I, I want more of you, God. I, I, I need more of you. I want more of you. I don't know how many days I have left on this earth. I mean, this body has many years on it. Um, I feel good. I feel good. Um, and, uh, but I... I uh, and I'd like to say I've got many, many more years to come, but uh, I want more. And I, and I pray to the Lord to use me, to uh, work through me, to bring me to a higher level, to raise me up to a place where I've never been before for your glory, for your honor, for, to do your work. And, 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 I, wanna, and I think of um, people in the Bible, and I think of Caleb, and I say, that's who I want to be. Make me a Caleb, all right? In his ripe young age of 80, he was fire on fire, and he was, uh, I, I can just imagine um, the, the, the punches he would throw. You know, he probably had that jab, that right cross, that left uppercut, that nice combination. I mean, there was no, no stopping him. Caleb was, was a man with audacious faith. He was bold. Uh, it, it impressed me that he was not afraid to go against the majority. You know, the 10 spies, no, Caleb spoke the truth. He wasn't afraid of that. And he served and followed the Lord wholeheartedly. 
And that, that's so important. And that's what I want. I want to follow the Lord wholeheartedly, you know, with enthusiasm, you know, no reservations whatsoever. That's, that's what I pray to the Lord, okay? And, um, and God answered me. God answered my call. He answered my call with a calling of his own. Um, he's, he has recently introduced me to new things. He has recently introduced me to new ways, to, to a new walk. And he's given me an energy level that I haven't experienced or felt in years. I think back to my boxing days when I, was, I felt like I could walk through a brick wall because you're conditioned, you know, you're, you're invincible. Um, now, so that's, that's where I'm at. Yep. So uh, last Sunday, as I was preaching, God began to speak to your heart. And uh, do you want to share that today? Do, you have do we have time for that? We've got a couple minutes. Can it happen in a couple minutes? Okay, certainly. So I just want to say before I share, don't get me wrong. I've made many mistakes in my life. I have a past like everybody else, okay? I, I, and my, in my years of past, I've had many full, filled with joy and fun and success. And I've also had years of hardships and sorrow okay, and trials and failures, all right, so I'm, I'm just like anybody else here today, um, but regardless of your past, and I'm not sure where every, anyone is today, where, where, when you walk through this door, if you're, you know, flying up with the eagles, or if you're dragging your knuckles, and you're really struggling, and you're in a season of despair, and, and, and you don't think there's any hope, there is a God, and he, he will bring you, okay, Psalm 40 says, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the mud and the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock. And he established my steps. Right, Dr. Joe? He established your steps, Jr. Right? And he put a new song in my mouth. Praise, the God, praise to God. And many will see and fear the Lord. But they will all put their trust in him. And that is what we need to do to move on in this fight. Amen? So here I am today. Uh, I, I, I want to follow what the Lord has for me and, and his calling. And I just want to say that if you look around, there's definitely, we, we heard it this morning, there's a different atmosphere in this house. It's a different atmosphere that we haven't experienced before. And um, in this atmosphere, there, there's a spiritual battle going on. There's a spiritual battle going on for the welfare of this church. Kid you not, Okay. And what does the enemy want to do? What does Satan want to do? He, he can attack us in many ways. Uh, his, one of his favorite ways is to divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Okay? Um, confusion. He'll put confusion in our minds. Deception. He'll fill our hearts and our minds and our bodies with deception. He'll let us, he'll, you know, put whispers in our ears. I'm going to fight it. And I hope everyone else fights it too. You know, I'm going to bring out those old boxing skills. And my left jab is going to be prayer. We're going to pray because the power of prayer is stronger and more of a punch than a strong left jab. And then I'm going to follow up the right cross 
which is the word of God, okay? That was my combination, left jab, right cross, left uppercut, over and over and over. I can't tell you how many times I've threw those, my arms in those directions. And then I'm going to follow with my upper, left uppercut with the tongue of the Holy Spirit, okay? We pray, we use God's word, and then we come back with the tongue of fire. That's how you get in the ring and fight the enemy. And that's how this, this church needs to come together as we are dealing with this spiritual warfare, okay, for the survival of this church. Because guess what? This church will survive, okay? In Exodus, uh, we read the story of Moses. How God led Moses and the Israelites out of Egypt to the promised land. And we read that he led the people... With a, by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. And the pillars he provided the people never left them. And those pillars were there to guide and protect. Okay? And the people got it and liked it and felt good in the beginning. But what happened? As the journey continued, they became complacent. They started complaining. They started disobeying. Then they got to the promised land, and they listened to the negative press of the ten spies. They lost their faith, and they rebelled and didn't cross the finish line. That's not going to happen to this church. That's not going to happen to the power place. And I'm going to tell you why. Because our God has revealed to me, he's got our church surrounded with his pillars. He's got pillars so deep, it's a thick forest of pillars, that when we come into this place, we are covered by the Holy Spirit and God's covering and protection. Okay? And when we leave here, we take those pillars with us. We take the Holy Spirit with us. Well, we sh I should say we should be taking them with us. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if everybody does, and not just this church, all churches everywhere, you know, and maybe we do at times and maybe we don't. But if we don't, we need to. And you need to ask yourself, am I coming here and understanding that I'm coming in with the surrounding and the covering of the Holy Spirit pillars provided by God, or am I coming in these doors with something else? And when I leave these doors, am I leaving with the pillars he's provided to us and to me, or am I following another spirit? Is there another spirit that I'm following that maybe is not the right spirit? Okay? And uh, maybe it's a spirit that my friends are following or my little posse's following, and I, and, I, and, I, and I want to be like the spies. I don't want to go against them. I want to go along with them and say, yeah, 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 we're going to follow that spirit, whatever that spirit is. Okay? That spirit needs to be broken. Okay? You need to break, free, break away from the posse's that aren't bringing you in, the, that aren't walking under the right pillar. Okay? You need to get away from that. All right? Because guess what? When the day comes and you're standing in front of the Lord and it's judgment day, your posse is not going to be with you. They're not going to be there. They're not going to be there to support you or agree with you or, you know, side with you. You're going to be on your own. And I just think that it's something that we need to understand, we need to realize, we need to examine our hearts and our minds and our, and our souls and our walk today. Thank you. Give it up for Mr. Bill today. Bill Grandezio. Thank you, Bill.
God has given him a heart for the house. God has given us a heart for the house. Amen? Sixty new dream teamers signed up in the past three weeks. Come on, somebody give a shout for that. That's good. Hallelujah. Listen, we're contributors, not consumers. We're going to give, not just get. We don't go to church. We are the church. Come on now. You know our heart. People would know God and find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference so someone else can know God and find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference in someone else's life. Because your life will never make sense to you unless you serve someone else. Your greatest need in life is to be fulfilled, to be able to say, I'm making a difference. We all need to be serving where it's not hard for us. The sooner we begin to serve and lead, the quicker we grow in Christ. It's doing, not listening, that brings growth. So get in. Get your hands dirty. Pull up your sleeves. Let's go for this. Hallelujah. We want to help you win. We want you to live your life to the fullest. A few weeks ago, uh, Penny shared something when she was talking about the offering. It got got me to thinking about the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish. I want you to go there real quickly. This morning in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. Matthew 14, 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. You know, sometimes Jesus liked to be alone, right? But it was hard for him because people wanted to be around him. And the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Someone has said ministry is what happens when you're on your way to do something else. Sometimes we are headed in a direction and God brings someone just like he did to Susie this past week. If we're listening to him, we're able to step out of ourselves and our selfish desires and minister to somebody in need. And that evening, the disciples came to Jesus and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Now, Jesus has been hanging out with the 12, right? And he knows what they got and what they don't got. But he looks at them and he says, you feed them. And here's their response, verse 17. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And how many times do I respond to God that way? But I only have, this is all I got. I mean, hey, look, it ain't much, right? And God says, the miracle's in your hand. But we go, but I only got, look, really? And notice what happens. Jesus said, bring them here. Bring them here, he said. What you have, bring to me. And then he told the people to sit down in the grass. Now, it's important that we obey whatever his instructions are. And if we'll bring what we have in our hand 
to Jesus, and then everybody sit down and get in line, Jesus is going to perform a miracle. Notice the next line. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up toward heaven and he blessed them. Jesus took what they have because they brought it to him. You bring it to him, he'll take it, he'll look up toward heaven, he'll bless it, and then he'll break it. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it. He took it, he looked up toward heaven, prayed, blessed them, broke the loaves, gave it back, they distributed it to the people. And notice verse 20. They all ate as much as they wanted. There was plenty to go around. They kept going back to the buffet, and there was still food there. There was still some bread. There was still some fish. There was still plenty. And notice what else happened. About 5,000. Afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. There wasn't just food for today. There was food for next week. There was food for lunch tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And about 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. So I ask you the same question that Isaiah asked you a couple of weeks ago. What's in your hand? What do you got in your hand? You see, the miracle takes place when you take what the Lord puts in your hand and you distribute it to bless somebody else. What's in your hand multiplies when you bless someone else. If you hold on to your five loaves and your two fish, that's all you got. That's all you'll ever have. And you'll consume that and it will be gone. But if you bring it to him, if he blesses it and you begin to distribute what he's given you already and let somebody else be blessed, it starts to multiply. And you never run out. And all of a sudden, you got leftovers. I don't like leftovers, but sometimes they're necessary in my house. Sometimes I need to go to the fridge and just open it up and say, what's left over? Because I'm hungry right now. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 4, the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. What's in your hand? Throw it down, give it to God, a miracle will take place. What's in your hand? Throw it down, give it to God, it'll become something you've never seen before. What's in your hand? Most of us, we've got a phone in our hand. Come on, I'm, I see him already. Some of you have been on it the whole morning. Oh, what's happening on Facebook? I don't know, it's Instagram. Listen, take that phone. Tell the story of what God's doing with what's in your hand. Don't just post and share about your new outfit and my new do and look what I'm eating. Get, get in, the, in the habit of sharing what God's doing. Tell somebody's story. Tell, tell about what God's doing in the house. Tell about the miracles you're seeing. Tell about the answers to prayer that God is performing. Tell somebody's story. 
Become a window, not a wall. Become a window, not a wall. Throw that window up. Share the good news. Speak, share, tell. Tell the the story of God's faithfulness. You, You may be like the blind guy. They're like, what happened to you, dude? He goes, I don't know. I don't know all the answers. I know you guys got a lot of questions. I don't have all the answers, but I do know one thing. I was blind, but now I see. There was a time when I couldn't see anything, but now I can see. And all I know is Jesus touched me. Jesus performed a miracle. And he began to tell the story. What's in your hand? Take that phone. Redeem it. Start posting the good things of God. Start sharing the stories from the house of what God's doing. Listen, God is doing amazing things among us. But nobody will know unless you tell it. You could have the most amazing miracle in your life, but nobody's going to know until you share it. Tell the story. Take what God has placed in your hand and let it be multiplied. I don't know if any of you remember the Chewbacca mom. Y'all remember her? She was a worship leader. She just had the joy of the Lord in her heart. And she bought that stupid mask, put it on, did the whole YouTube thing, and and it went, it exploded. Millions of hits. And all of a sudden she had a platform to tell the goodness of God. And God used her laughter. See, the Bible says he'll fill our mouths with laughter, our tongues with joyful shouting. And God used her laughter to minister to people all around the world. What story does God want to tell through you? Don't keep it to you. Don't hoard. Don't be a hoarder. Nudge your neighbor. Tell him, don't be a hoarder. Share. Share. Share what God's done. Share your gifts. Share your abilities. Share what God has blessed you with. Tell the story. Come on. What's in your hand? Let God take it. Let him bless it. Let him break it. Let him give it back to you so you can distribute it to somebody else. Miraculous things will happen when you get it out of your hand to give it to him. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of your family. Thank you, Lord, that you're stirring us with a heart for your house. Lord, I just pray blessings and favor upon us that as we become a window and not a wall, As we're a witness, Lord, you called us to be witnesses, to to just share what we've seen and heard and received. As you call us to be bold and not to hoard what you've given us. Freely we've received, freely we're going to give. So, Lord, I pray for freedom today in this house. I pray for those in this room today who need to know you. Listen, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning. You don't know God yet, but I don't want you to walk out of here without knowing him. Okay? I want to pray with you. If that's you, you say, Preacher, I want to know God today. I want you to slip your hand up, and we're going to pray together. And God's going to set you free. He's going to give you deliverance. Yes. Someone else. God's speaking to your heart right now, saying, I want to know God. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you sacrificed for me. You died so I can live. 
You've come to give me freedom in life. And I will celebrate that today. I receive of your life. And I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And I'll serve you all the days of my life. Hallelujah.